wanted to talk about cyber insurance, and this is something that uh, companies need to be aware of if they are getting the proper cyber insurance. Tommy, is that is that a correct summation? Or? Right. To be clear, yeah. we do not sell insurance. Okay. We work okay. with lots of insurance uh, groups and okay. companies, and we've actually had insurance companies come to us and help with investigations after uh, after an incident. But the reason I want to talk about it is I was reading, uh, even this morning, on the Insurance Journal about a company, and it, it really you know, kind of resonated that I've seen this happen even here, and I hope that locally people, if this resonates with them, they'll give us a buzz. Um, you know, as we talked about before, it's not about us coming and fixing your printer, but about building something that, you know, your organization's gonna be able to grow and be safe. So right now, the issue was filed in court, the U.S. District Court on July 6th. Uh, Travelers Insurance has denied a claim uh, to one of their one of their customers, and the customer, the reason they did is the customer had an admin account that did not have MFA turned on, but they had MFA turned on other things. So that was considered misleading because it wasn't true. Now, I don't know, that's what I know about the case. Um, what I know, what I've seen in our world is we have customers send us insurance forms. Hey, I just got this, can you fill it out? It is not your IT company's job to fill that out. It is not our responsibility. We're not signing it. You are, meaning the company or the CEO. So um, the right way to handle it, what we do is we actually look through the questions and if there's something we can answer, we write a description or an answer explaining how we would answer it to the customer and the customer decide how they want to uh, to answer it. But we also build our CTS way, our basic level, like you're our customer. Uh, we built that off of what the insurance um, companies are requiring to even insure you. Uh, and then we move up to NIST and CMMC and some other regulatory things that we can do to help customers out. Uh, but part of what we do, this would have never happened and their insurance claim would, well, first off, they probably wouldn't have had to have a claim because mm -hmm. uh, they would have never got there, which is obviously is what the insurance company was, was banking on. Uh, but it's important. You don't drive around with your car with no insurance, you know? So you're running your company and you have a major loss. I mean, that could be it. You know, statistics say it's like 70% of companies that have a major breach or ransomware attack never fully recover. Wow. So the, the, in this case, it was a CFO and other, it might be the CFO or the CEO. In other words, the, the head of the company is signing off on this insurance that the company has this valid insurance that that person probably, unless it's say your company, which that's your job at Central Technology Solutions is the, is the cybersecurity. But any other company, the CEO is probably not going to know anything about cybersecurity and whether the company is up to speed. So they're relying on their IT people, but even their IT people don't know all the regulations, all the requirements, right? Correct. And I think, you know, it's, it's a fine line, right? Because they're trying to run a business. They're mm -hmm. CEO, they're busy, they're CFO. They don't want to worry about this. They want to just, let me just write a check to somebody. Unfortunately, in today's world, it doesn't work that way. Now, as a consultant, because that's what we do, we're able to come in and say, you know, we're not trying to make them an expert in IT. We can do that. But the questions that they're getting ready to sign a document on, they should understand what they're signing, what it means. And that's what our job is. So there's 10, 12 questions that affect us on your insurance document. Let us go ahead and explain to you what that is in writing, and then you can make the decision on how you want to do it. But again, let's just say you don't do that. And you're, you just assume everything's good because it's already been good until it happens to you and you're paying several thousand dollars a year for this insurance policy, 
that when you need it, you find out it's no good. Uh, talking about kicking the gut. The case that you're talking about with traveler's insurance, do we have any details on that particular claim, like what happened? Right. So part of that, uh, there's there's several things that they cited that they were denying the claim because it was considered misleading. Uh, but the attack actually happened from an admin account. So as an example, you have a bunch of users and the users aren't admins. They can access everything, but they can't do a lot. Well, that's typical, right? It is very, very typical, typical. And, and it's traditional old school IT, mm -hmm. which we are not old school IT at CTS. So uh, what happens is there's a credentials for this admin account. So anybody who needs it could log in as the admin to make a change. And then, you know, they're on the server or whatever. Wait, so they had like one admin account that a bunch of people were sharing? So there's global, naturally within Windows environments, there's global admin, there's site admins, there's, you know, basic kind of built-in deal. So instead of me saying, hey, I'm the admin, I'm still Tommy because my email's Tommy, everything's Tommy. So the admin account sits there and is only used when needed. Well, because it's sitting there, people think, okay, well, I don't need MFA on that, right? Why do I need multi-factor authentic? Because it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to anybody that needs it that has access to that password. Well, that's what got hacked. And you know, one of the ways that we secure that is we make it so you can't log in as an admin. You have to log in as a user that has privileges to then access the admin, which that prevents, because you're right. already two-factored in to be able to even access. If you try to access the admin account from outside, you couldn't do it. The multi-factor, yeah, the multi-factor authentication you mentioned it is, it can be seen as a pain because uh, Jay, you have to before you can log in, you have to check your phone or your somebody else, and somebody else like the actual admin has to say, oh yeah, this is really you know Mary logging in and 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 sign you in. But it can be a pain, but it can save companies just count the dollars and headaches, right? Right. I and mean, imagine if you get hit hard and you lose a lot, like we talked about the last time, which I don't want to scare anybody. You know, it's, it's important to have insurance, right? And it's important to have a good designed, well-maintained network if your business is important to you. And if it's not, then we're definitely not the right people to call. So a question there, because it seems like multi-factor uh, authentication has become pretty close to ubiquitous at this point. So surely there are plenty of people trying to find a way around that. So where, how, how does the arms race go? People find a way around that. Then do you have some different form of multi-factor, uh, multi-authentication, uh, yes. multi-factor authentication? MFA, yeah. MFA <laughs> right. So it, it's it's funny you said that. So if you, you can even Google this, how to beat two-factor authentication, you can easily do that in, in minutes, depending on how it's set up. So it's not just do you have it, do you have it set up properly, right? It's like you buy a router, you plug it in, you don't go in and set change any settings, then you haven't done anything. And if you're not monitoring it, managing it, you're not, you know, things change. Uh, but there are, you know, things like FIDO tokens. That's, that's a big one we see people like. So instead of having to like pull your phone up and type in a six digit code um, or click OK, because it's you logging in, it's actually a token that has a long key attached to it. And it's only looking for it during a certain time. And basically all you do is when it Put your username, password in, hit enter. It tells you to touch your FIDO or YubiKey. You touch it, and then that authenticates that it's you. Uh, it's kind of a neat neat way to do it, so you don't have to have a phone involved because that tends to be, when you Google it, a way that can yeah, be hacked. Because I mean, if you're just getting as a regular text message, that doesn't strike me as especially secure. It's not, and the worst is email. When people set it up to get the email code sent to them, so if I hack your email, I get in your email, and then I have your codes. <laughs> you know, it's like... 
it's it's really not a good way to do it. You know, we've talked about people hacking in, the bad actors trying to get information. They're trying to get in so they can get the information. We had one um, just within the past couple of weeks where it's a it's an email coming from what looks to be someone within our company mm-hmm. saying, hey, can you take care of this invoice right away? Darn Kenny. And the invoice, <laughs> and the best we can figure, Tommy, way in here and Sherry, but the, um, it, I don't, I hope they weren't, click i hope maybe they were trying to get into the system but what i think they were trying to do was just to have you think it looked like a legitimate invoice that they were just trying to get you to to and it had a name and address they're just trying to get you to write a check or your or your accounting person to write a check thinking okay this is a legitimate company it looks like these are legitimate services and i'm writing off a check and here it goes but then it's a pdf yes right and the pdf you can have scripting written to okay so uh we talked about this before i know we've demonstrated this to you guys you mm-hmm. click on it yeah it downloads something to your computer opens your invoice you realize hey this really isn't me and delete right. it doesn't matter you've already activated it now, and the warning bells those... go off whoop, whoop, right. whoop. No. no no warning bells you know nothing's <laughs> going on you think it's just over in the meantime they scrubbed your browser history they've stolen your passwords you know most computers 70 to 80 passwords stored in the browser they're stealing tokens, so now they can bypass two-factor. All of this just because you clicked on that little invoice thing. And at that point, it's like, first off, they shouldn't be getting to you. So there's some structure things that you would look at, concerns there. There's no software tool that fixes this. It literally takes human beings working regularly around the clock to keep up with these threat actors. And, uh, again, that's what that's what we do. We're not your, let me fix your printer. We could do that. We do that. But we're there to build something that is going to be long-lasting. Tommy Vaughn, Sherry Arthur, Central Technology Solutions, thank you so much for being here and always making us feel a little bit afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of information, but always just kind of unsettling. But I'm glad you all are on top of things, and a lot of area businesses are yeah. glad about that as well. So thank you both.